Welcome to the Mind Money Spectrum Podcast, where your hosts, Aaron Ogti and Trishal Patel, go beyond traditional finance questions to help you explore how to use your money to achieve the freedom you want in life. Hi, my name is Aaron Ogti. I'm a financial advisor in the Bay Area. I'm here with Trishal Patel, a wealth manager on the East Coast. Hey, Aaron. Great to be here today. And thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. Good to be here as well. So last time, we went through a life planning exercise called Ideal Day Week Year. And we had, we did pretty good on our ideal day. Uh, we I thought we did pretty well on our ideal week, but we got distracted, which is not unusual for us. We never even got to ideal year. So today, we're going to try and finish up that exercise of our ideal year um we i don't want to rehash too much of our ideal day and week but before we move on to the ideal year trisha is there anything you want to follow up or add on to our conversation last time that we didn't get to because of our normal distractions yeah happy to so for those listening this conversation was released i guess a few weeks ago but it was recorded probably many many weeks before that and now we're picking this up so th there may be a little discontinuity in the train of thought there but we we'll try our best to to pick up that frame of reference we were in but i i did scribble some notes at the end of that conversation so i i think that that might be a good segue into this one and one thing that kind of stood out to me as we were going through the ideal week is i recall you had presented your ideal day and a quick rehash on that was it sounded like a day in the life of Aaron with his family going through his daily routine, dealing with kids and balancing work and social life and uh, going through the the motions of, you know, what you've been able to craft in terms of yeah. something that you feel is a comfort zone for you. And then you had mentioned your ideal week and it ended up being something pretty different from that ideal day where it would be a, a scenario that you've played out over many occasions in your personal life where it might be a week where you and your wife take off and you get mm -hmm. to do all these activities. Kids aren't necessarily part of the picture. Maybe they could be, but they don't have to be. But it's just this notion of you're less encumbered. You're doing more things that are um less structured as that ideal day might be and it just feels like something that you uh cherish and then okay oh i yeah, i do want to i think i'll take i'll take it from there i do want to make yep. one thing clear i made it very explicit it was trips with my wife without my kids it was okay those were the ideal weeks like <laughs> i do want to highlight that so broadly but yes <laughs> that, that is true <laughs> um but i, I do so, like, I do think I get, I understand what you're saying. Like, my ideal day had work in it, and uh, I've been playing a lot of pickleball in the morning. So, I had pickleball or kind of sports or combination of exercise. Uh, I was probably coaching something in the afternoon with my kids, but the ideal week had none of that. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think it's a fair question, and I'm, I'm glad we came back to that because I do kind of want to describe the the like moments and times where I feel like just 
oh, this is great. I, I, I'm like present enough in the moment. And like, I am really genuinely happy right now. And one of those big feelings is when I get on a plane, I have gone through the airport, gone through security, gone through boarding, and now sitting on the plane. I actually love that feeling. I sit down and is uh, through some other work, I, I figured out like, it's that feeling of like, I have no responsibilities for right now. There's nothing I can do right now that will change anything else. Someone else is driving. I get to just sit, probably watching a movie on my iPad, but that like that that temporary removal of expectations. And uh, my wife actually described something very similar. She went to the dentist the other day and told me afterwards had the exact same feeling of couldn't check her phone. If the school called, she couldn't do anything. She couldn't respond to that. Didn't have to worry about we're doing the work on the kitchen. Like there, if I called as she could not answer the phone, she had to sit in the chair and literally do nothing for an hour. And despite like all the like not liking the dentist part, she actually had the similar feeling. And I think that's what I try to illustrate of that ideal week feeling. And because a lot of times it might be a long weekend, but it's that that temporary removal of just expectations and responsibilities. Um, sometimes I can get that when I go out to dinner by myself uh, one day a week. And I'll, that's like, I'll get back to like a ideal week that's not vacation kind of idea. But that feeling, because even on my, my normal ideal day, it still felt, I got to play pickleball. I got to coach my kids. I love doing those things. I got some work in. I'm very proud of myself. Like I have that self-worth validation. It's still got to wake up at 7 a.m. Uh, make sure my kids are getting out of bed. Uh, I have a morning routine to make sure that each of my kids gets out the door on time. I need to walk the dog so that I can get back because it's a 30-minute walk. I love my walk. It's really peaceful in the morning. But I have to get it started by like 7 50 to 8 a.m so that i can get back to the house by 8 20 to 8 30 so i can get out to pickleball court to get a good hour and a half in to be done by 10 to get here to record so even on the great days it's still like alarms going off on my watch <laughs> uh it's still this like this structure that when i have the opportunity to remove that feeling also feels great and so that's why i say like my ideal days have a lot of structure and so when it comes back to it it's similar on my like my ideal weeks at home or not on vacation where uh, i like taking the kids out to food trucks and they happen to be in our area on wednesday evenings so we one day a week we've been going to food trucks and each kid and i get to do uh different dinners we would to choose what we want there's very little complaining uh and my wife is that's the day that she goes out and just goes by herself so my wife has no kid responsibilities that evening um other days in the past i'll have played softball uh some evenings I haven't done that in a few months but i want to try and get back into that just between my elbow injury and uh other things I haven't got that but that that would also be one day one evening a week um I do like football season, so I'm a big Chargers fan. So, uh, looking forward to Sundays when I get to, get to watch the Chargers. That like in that weekly rhythm of the things I get to do once per week. Um, 
I like watching Monday Night Football. So sometimes I'll go out to like BJ's or Lazy Dog. I'll have dinner at a place that will be showing Monday Night Football. Uh, sometimes I'll do it on Thursday nights, but like one of those two days, uh, if it's not softball, it's no football, I might go see a movie. Um, so my ideal week would probably either have uh, softball, a movie, or an evening football game that I'm going to do by myself or like with a team. But but it's so I, I try to get that feeling of being away from kids, but it is very specifically like, OK. For the next couple hours, I have no responsibilities. I just get to sit here and kind of, I can look at my phone, I can not, I can kind of, there's there's no one like asking me a dozen questions. That So that, that's kind of like, and I think it's where we got distracted on that ideal week structure last time. But I do love the vacation that I also do have good ideal weeks. And there are certain activities that I'll do once per week that are very much in, included in that. Um, the actual day sometimes changes, but that's a, a pretty good rhythm. It's usually, so recently it's been, my son plays soccer on Saturday mornings. I've been coaching my oldest daughter's flag football team. And then my middle daughter plays softball Sunday mornings. And then we go home and watch the Chargers. Like um, add in some watching something by myself in the evening, add in food trucks Wednesday evenings. And the rest of my Monday through Friday is like my ideal week that or ideal day that I described previously. And that that feels pretty good. I like that. But again, a lot of planning, a lot of structure. I had to like keep my brain on kind of thing. Uh, I do enjoy at the end of the evening if I can play Zelda on the switch. Uh, that that also feels nice. So that it's it's a fair question, but I think I'm in, I'm conscious and aware of, the times where I know I have a structure and the times where I know I have no structure, I have no responsibilities. This feels awesome. Right. Do, do right. you, do you have any like shared sentiment or like, do you ever have that feeling of, I don't have any responsibilities for the next two hours. This feels awesome. It's very interesting that you began with that airplane analogy because I felt that before, certainly. I remember um, even before I had kids, you know, when you when I was busy in the corporate world and doing the whole nine to five job. And at some point, the corporate world transitioned to if you're in the financial markets, you got to be on call 24 seven. Mm -hmm. You know, no yeah. matter what is going on, there's always and a those, market open somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And at the time we were trading global markets. So literally any time of day, something was going on of interest. But it, it would be those hours where you're on the plane where Internet access wasn't ubiquitous at that time. Yeah. And you're on a flight and you know you can't be reached. But you yeah. get that feeling of, oh, boy. There's literally nothing <laughs> that yeah. I can do right now. And it is freeing. It, it, I, I definitely have felt that before in that past life. And it, it, it's interesting because then I, I do actually compare that now to my, my life these days. And I, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I feel like my days do have more of that 
or you know there's more opportunities for that than was in the past like in the past there was literally periods where the entire month every single hour including weekends yeah. are scheduled and there's no flexibility you know if you get sick oh boy there goes the dominoes yeah. for the <laughs> for the next whatever so and so but it, it's it's different now yeah when, when i look at my ideal day for example there you describe like your was it mondays and fridays when you drop your daughter off at daycare and then you go to the park yeah yeah so on those days i'll literally be taking a hike in the woods where there's no cell phone reception yeah. for a couple <laughs> hours and this will happen once or twice a week yeah yeah and and you get that feeling right that feeling of mental rest where yeah you don't have to be on and you don't have to check things and you, you can kind of disconnect for a bit it um it, it brought a lot of notions to my mind for example there's this understanding that discipline is helpful but it has this bad connotation right in society like mm -hmm. it, it, you're getting disciplined you're getting whacked over the head with yeah, a crowbar yeah. right but you know I, I think in another sense discipline is actually what can lead to freedom right Be, by having that structure mm -hmm. you can actually have that opportunity to have less structure you know proactively instead of reacting to the not wanting of the discipline and then just kind of fumbling through life so, right I, I guess i've always like i had the complete opposite reaction to the word discipline i, I when i think of discipline i think of it as a virtue i, I think it was like do you have that like internal discipline to control yourself um i for again i've been coaching middle school flag football so like just the discipline and not go off sides is the th something that like, comes up uh, a lot but um i've also been talking to a lot of clients and pushing them to block off your calendar after three o'clock like take no meetings and uh this is because they want to be able to spend time with their kids kids go home from school they, they're still doing amazing at work they're getting everything done and sometimes they might work in the evening sometimes not but do you have the discipline to not accept a meeting between 3 and 5 p.m.? And I, I've used that word, and it's, it's more of a self-control, what I think of, where it's it uses up willpower to maintain discipline. I've, but I've never thought of it at – I tend not to think of it in terms of, like, disciplining my children, even though – you know what? Actually, that, that's right. No, I, I want to say um, – even in that context, my wife and I are kind of proud of the discipline we've had with our children where we never give, gave in to tantrums. We never let them have their way. And maybe that's the, there's discipline on our part. And so now we feel very comfortable. My, our youngest is seven. We can go to a restaurant. We can travel. And when we say, you can go to that bathroom over there and come back to here, we trust that they will do exactly what, they, what we told them to. And they won't go wandering off. Like we have, like the discipline we've had in the past as parents has now paid off in trust that we have that they will listen to us, and we're willing yeah. to give them more freedoms. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's just it. So when you think of discipline, though, do you think of the word freedom? I, I guess I want to say yes. 
because but it's it's more like a discipline leads to freedom idea like like they're not tied together but like if you have discipline then you can have freedom kind of thing where it, if you can in my for my clients if you can make sure not to accept any meeting after three o'clock you get to spend the time with your kids every day after three o'clock like, and it's so yeah. hard because you're gonna keep getting meeting invites and like oh I should really be in that meeting oh man that's what that's kind of an important meeting I should be I should be there oh that's my boss like scheduling meeting so like that that discipline's hard but if you can maintain it like like if you make sure you block off that time like nothing you get to do nothing but you have to do nothing in this like three hour window right yeah so the, i guess you can kind of look at it as opposite sides the same coin right like if you take this notion of freedom naively you kind of think oh you can do anything you want whenever you yeah, want you're it, free yeah i yeah right that, and that's the um that's one version of freedom right it's yeah. the the connotation of freedom that is lacking of discipline and then yeah. you can say take the same notion of discipline to an extreme like you're so disciplined that you're doing everything to an, a level of you know like ocd where you're not getting any freedom at all right and uh, the notion is there's a balance there where having yeah. one can help foster the other right and i do like it's that. I, like I think... I saw a quote the other day that reminds me of um, it's like you can do anything you want at any time. You yeah. can't do everything you want all the time. All the time, yeah. And so, yeah. like, you get to choose whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and you can build your life around that. Yeah. But you can't never work or like or yeah. like whatever like the, the the necessities of your life are like i can't ignore my kids every day yeah i have to like have the discipline on there early enough that i can trust them to behave for grandparents and 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 it actually pays like grandparents want to watch them while we travel because they're behaved well enough and because they aren't creating and adding stress to our grandparents lives they're adding joy to their grandparents lives so uh, yeah I, I do think that yeah it, it's you can have freedom if you have this one right? i think you're right you you do need it's like you almost you need both to have either right yeah so i i, I think i mentioned this quote before so I'm, I'm just bringing it up right now and i can even share it on the screen I haven't even read it, so I, hopefully this one is <laughs> correct. But here we go, real time. Uh, let, let's see. Let's share something. Uh, all right. While that's, I'll present. Here we go. All right. I'm going to share my screen, and then I'll read out the quote for the listeners here. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, is that big enough for you, Aaron? No. Yes, that's good. And maybe I even shared this before, but it, I'll read the quote now. So the, the quote is from Niels Bohr. He's a quantum physicist. And the way he came about this is he noticed this duality of nature where in quantum physics you have 
particles that behave as waves sometimes and sometimes mm -hmm. they're particles yeah. and they're both technically at the same time right and so he started to notice this truth as it applies to existence where there are trivial truths and then there are great truths so the opposite of a trivial truth is plainly false right so this is blue and the opposite of it is it's red well that's plainly false it's blue right but the opposite of a great truth is also true right so the, the notion here is yes you need dip discipline and, but if you focus just on that you'll give up its opposite freedom yeah. both is what you need or it is what's important is what provides meaning and it's that balance of the two and this I, is I, true I, for any great truth right that you can think of i think that that balance idea is also the hard part um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where there's too many times in the wide variety of human experiences it's almost easier to do all or none like you're all in or you're all out you're mm -hmm. and it's and most people it's you work really really hard it's the work hard play hard yeah you work really hard and you're on vacation and like you do nothing and or you work hard for several decades and you retire and you don't ever have to work again right and it that that ends up being the way for most people but I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to live and trying to help my clients with it. Like, no, if you can find that balance, it is possible to work hard sometimes and play hard sometimes or have the freedom to do nothing if you have the discipline to do something other times. Right. Yeah. I think most that, that, that's there's like there's almost like a willpower aspect. And then there's research like your willpower fades throughout the day like it just requires actual energy and so that's why you end up breaking your diet in the evening uh it's easy in the morning it's hard hard at night kind of thing um but i think it does take willpower to have those that balance where it's almost like it's less willpower to have the discipline just it's on my calendar i do this every day like that that's right. that's requires less willpower but to have that you have to do nothing for this three hour period it is like there, there's your freedom but that that that's that's hard like ooh, but i can get this other stuff at work done right. like I, I got this extra time yeah. now right so yeah uh, you know i, I think uh, a few of the analogies i see is you know that there's the standard day and then there's the vacation right yeah and the notion is you keep the routine for the standard day, you keep the discipline so that you can enjoy the vacation. And the balance, it, you know, the vacation can be, you know, you work really hard consistently and you get a week off, you know, every couple months or whatever, or you incorporate that into your day, however you want to break it up, break it down. Yeah. Um, but the, that's the balance, right? That, that's, you know, maybe the first thing to understand is it's not one or the other, it is a balance. And that balance is what you have to decide for yourself, right? Is, is the second most important thing. And then finding that balance is the hard work. <laughs> That's why all of this yeah, is yeah. not trivial. And, yeah. it, it, you know, that, that might be true for all of these complexities of life. And according to Bohr, like existence in general, right? It's, it's a balance of great truths. 
Okay, so I use that segue of uh, one week of vacation every two months, uh, which I think is most the most more vacation than most people in the U.S. have. But uh, I try to do something similar. So let's let's move on to the, what we're trying to get to done today. What does your ideal year look like? What, what would be the kind of some of the things that you look forward to throughout the year? Some of that rhythms that you see. Yeah. So. Um... You know, when I described my ideal day I, and then I transitioned to week, it was pretty much a variation of that theme, right? Some mm -hmm. sort of balance of a good amount of discipline, but enough of that um, freedom that I enjoy each and every day. And I try to pull that into my week. And then from there, the transition to year is not so bad. And it, it, it is certainly a balance because, like, for example, this past summer, we had the opportunity to take like three or four weeks off. And we just did a, a lot of traveling and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then week three out of four into our vacation, you, my, my wife and I both agreed, hey, we're vacationed out here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we probably, we want to get back in. <laughs> and I started to miss the structure, right? I started to miss okay. the routine. So th there's a limit as well, you know, on how much freedom one can yeah. handle and still be comfortable with it. And again, it's that balance. It, you can over optimize on the freedom front as much as you can on the, on the discipline front, yeah. even if you have the ability to go far beyond what, you know, you, you might um, dream for, you know, in either case. So, you know, when it comes to that ideal year, I, I think we're learning, for example, as far as a cadence, the weekly cadence works very well. And then, you know, maybe what we've kind of structured into our, our annual lives is one small vacation every month, you know, on like a long weekend or something. So like okay. 12 of those a year and two big vacations a year on top of that, you know, seems to round things out. And then there might be something more extended during the summer. And okay. that seems to provide the right amount of flexibility so that we don't feel like we're too burnt out from the discipline side and too unencumbered from the freedom side. So what I guess this is like, I'm just, just now realizing almost how lucky my wife and I are that based on the kids school calendar mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is the the school and the district done a good job of like summer break is shorter but there's extra weeks throughout the year mm -hmm. so we had a week off in october so we went to disneyland and visited, visited some friends in southern california we got to see uh my brother-in-law and we kind of had a few days we we're just like we didn't have anything planned after disneyland so we're just kind of hanging out and that was nice and then we went back mm -hmm. to school the next day, the next week. Um, they have the week of Thanksgiving off. So I've blocked that off of my calendar. I, I'll probably get a little bit of work done, but we have no nothing particular plan for those first three days before Thanksgiving. Um, they have a, a kind of longer winter break. So we actually have the week off before Christmas. And so we're going to go up to Tahoe and go skiing and snowboarding. And so like, as I was thinking, like, I, these are the things I've been looking forward to in my mind. And they all, they all line up with like kids being off of school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a, I think they have a week off in March. Uh, before that, they have a long weekend in February. We're going to do another Tahoe trip with family. Uh, so we'll be uh, cousins coming up joining us. Uh, a week off in March. We're doing a, we're planning a staycation. We're going to do a lot of stuff in the Bay Area that we haven't done in a while or haven't done ever. But like trying to actually do all the tourist things that we kind of, because they're so close, we haven't done them. Mm-hmm. Um, then we actually are planning a trip to Europe next summer when kids get out of school. Mm-hmm. And when I think about this, I, I do, I do kind of realize that we take advantage of all the time that kids have off, and we'll probably have another week in Tahoe next summer. Um, we will, uh, and then like probably, probably like the other big thing I look forward to is my my fantasy football draft weekend. It's always the. The weekend before Labor Day weekend, we drafted a different city. So I'm seeing friends from all over the country from college that and like we always look forward to that. But like there's always like a next where was it this year? This I won last year, so we drafted in Tahoe this year. Ah, awesome, awesome. So uh I am not gonna win this year. I, I made <laughs> certain uh future concessions to improve my team last year. Uh uh. Uh, but it, it paid off, and I had the championship belt, and not going to win this year. <laughs> is, is that a physical belt? It is. We have like a like a uh, someone got like a like a pro wrestling or pro boxing kind of championship belt that we engrave our names on on a little plate. Nice. Wow, so, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, we we bring that to the draft every year and get to carry it around. <laughs> Hopefully, you're taking a picture every year, and then you get the. Instagram, we, we do, whatever. Or... Well, so we do take a picture of the group every year. Um, yeah. And, but it's always like just in some random place that can host 15 people doing a draft. So it's like, yeah. it, it's hard for the pictures to remind us of where the actual picture was taken. <laughs> uh, we, we just get older and older in the picture. Um, right. But I was saying like, even so, it's almost like going back that ideal year part is a bunch of ideal. It's also like it's a bunch of ideal days with an ideal week thrown in. And it, but like that, that was like without the kids because that's always the ideal vacation. But vast majority of our trips uh, are with kids. But yeah, it's throwing in enough of those little trips. Again, doesn't have to be big. It's usually like. Uh, we have one big one next summer, but Tahoe's easy for us. Southern California is easy for us. Staying here is easy for us. And it's looking forward to uh, – it's, it's both the structure on the day. I get to go play pickleball. I get to coach their teams. Uh, I get to kind of do some good work, help clients. It's, it's that daily structure – but I'm I'm not looking forward to Monday or Tuesday like you've described. I am looking forward to those trips, and we have them spaced out enough throughout the year that uh, we, we've we've really enjoyed that. And I think that's that's one of, that's one of the things I think about when I think about my ideal years. It has enough of those breaks from the daily structure that right. and like always looking forward to the next thing 
it's in, I, I have two comments. The, the the first one is I remember again in the corporate world the vacations didn't line up, or that they wouldn't have. No. I, I left the world before my daughter was born, but they would not have lined up <laughs> with no, they um, would not no. And, and the second thing is I remember two. Okay, I remember two things. I remember when I was in Southeast Asia, I had five weeks off and like twenty national holidays or something. Okay. Crazy like that because they used to celebrate the um, the Chinese holidays, the local Malay holidays, the Indian okay. holidays, and then it, it's just five weeks on top of that because that's how it is out there. Yeah, and, and then you know when I joined like the the hedge fund here, my remember my first year, my vacation days were zero. Like your first year, you oh you work on the weekends yes. too. And you have to start accumulating after your first year. Yeah. But uh, even in Southeast Asia, though, I, I recall there was some stress when you had to take off because things had to line up. Uh, I was in a managerial position at the time, and you got to make sure the team is running smoothly. Oh. And if, you know, stuff happens. And of course, you're dealing with the market and that adds its own whatever. But I, I imagine that's similar to many situations in, in the corporate world where your kids may have eight weeks, nine weeks off, yeah. you know, cumulatively over the year. And it's very tough to have that in a, uh, a W2 position, you know, for example, yeah. unless you're, you're pretty tenured. So, so one of the things that just kind of filling in some of the gaps, uh, there have been a lot of camps that have kind of emerged as both like, and this is like capitalism work of like, opportunity and people providing to fill that opportunity um yeah so during summers you do all the camps are like one week at a time and so you like choose one camp to the next um and those function like a daycare slash like they're old enough they don't need the actual supervision but keeps them occupied and now right. they actually do have camps that fill in those october gaps the november gap and so, so they do have solutions there um when the kids have more time off than you do Right. Yeah. I, I imagine some notion of that would be required, um, even in the um, the more traditional sense. Like when I was in grade school, you had a long summer and I guess less days throughout the yeah. year, you know, maybe spring break for like four or five days. But beyond that, Thanksgiving was two days, winter holidays was a week and, and yeah. so on. But um, yeah, that, that's a gap for, for working families that is hard to fill unless you have some sort of program. I went to summer school, right, within the public school system. So that, that's, that certainly helped fill in that time. But even so, I, I felt there was a difference taking a vacation as an employee versus an entrepreneur. I, I, I think yeah. um, it, maybe it was the careers I was in or the positions I was in, but I always felt there was a sense of stress and not being able to fully disconnect. And then on the flip side, there were periods where you could take the day off, but you said you would be there and now you got to fill up a day, even though it would look bad Actually, if you just left. That's what I was, that's what I was going to kind of get to. Um, when I was an employee, we definitely had kind of ebbs and flows and kind of workflow. Uh, they, they had an okay vacation policy is, is probably something like four weeks throughout the year. Um, but they did a, I, they tried to like, I don't say make up for it, but they acknowledged that, Hey, we don't have a lot of, a lot of, we need to get done. 
we'll go to lunch for two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and there was a, a camaraderie component of the fact that we were going to lunch together as an office and it wasn't a vacation day, uh, but it was an easier day. But like, like you said, we, I couldn't take that afternoon off and like go do that. Also, also like I can't plan a vacation or even a half day trip like the more that morning. And, and so it's like, like you said, like you said you'd be there. So even if you didn't have anything to do and you left, you don't have anything to do. <laughs> um, it's like, okay, I guess I'll go see a movie at two o'clock. I, like, right. it, it was different. Um, but they, they did try kind of to acknowledge that, that there are times where the workload is lighter. And especially around that, like, end of the year, Christmas to New Year kind of thing kind of thing like there was so little to do because every all of our clients were out celebrating or doing anything like um every now and then we had like oh we have to get this done before the calendar year so it's like you have a good solid one hour of work per day (laughs) maybe two well see i i think here's what i've noticed or the 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 pattern or here's roughly my point I, i feel like the culture, the corporate culture in the U.S., for example, is geared towards putting those hours in. Um, whereas, like we, we all kind of know this in Europe, they have more vacation days. They they're less yeah. lax about hitting sixty-hour weeks and things like that. But but uh, you know, I think what we're starting to understand is th- there's research that suggests that after a certain point, those extra hours don't really lead to extra productivity. And, you know, now there's initiatives to have, for example, the four day work week or flexible schedules, the work from home, you know, that's a big one there where spending those two hours commuting versus being able to have that as your own personal time is a big difference. Mm -hmm. If you make that five days a week, that's 10 extra hours of your free time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I guess my, my rough point is there are things that weren't, weren't necessarily optimal with how things used to be when I experienced them or maybe how they are in some measure now, but it looks like there is a, a change of wind coming where, where the culture and, and uh, evidence is suggesting that you don't necessarily have to be in front of a desk from nine to five and still be a productive worker, you know, five days a week, 50 yeah. weeks out of, out of a year. So I actually think this comes back to our our discipline conversation because most companies now offer unlimited time off, uh, at least most kind of tech companies that my my clients work for. Uh, mm-hmm. They do it kind of for self-serving so they don't have to track like vacation yeah. time owed. Uh, right, yeah. And like you still need like manager approval and there's research that people actually take less vacation when it's right. on track. <laughs> right. So I have been trying to push my clients that work at these companies to like really push the limits like this, but it's, it comes a discipline thing. Like, like, no, you got to stop working at three o'clock. Uh, no, you got to take extra vacation time, like schedule that out, block it off, tell them in advance. And I, I, I genuinely believe it creates this kind of like scarcity effect with that employee where the ones who have the discipline to be able to own their calendar 
mm-hmm. still end up getting promotions and raises. Like they stay right. like they're still like, wow, you're doing so well. We're so like, man, I can't believe you're getting so much work done. And mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like because their parents, they are kind of more conscious of their time, like and they're actually just more productive with those hours. It could be that with more work from home, they aren't displaying like the same kind of lax time around the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's like they're getting six hours of work done in six hours, where everyone else is getting six hours of work done in eight hours. Right. Yeah. And I so they I, I don't have a good feeling of the of the cause. But I have, and it's more, and my sample size is still kind of anecdotal, so I don't have a large enough sample size. But I do genuinely believe this plays out of if you can own your calendar, and like I think it's almost like the discipline leads to a confidence idea. It's like, yeah. no, I will not take that meeting with my boss at three thirty, right? And and like to actually say no to that, it's like, huh? Yeah. Can't believe my employees said no to me. Like they must be really important. Yeah, like, I, I oh, think I got to do everything I can to keep that employee. <laughs> I, I think that there's a few dynamics here, but a, a good part of it is managing perceptions, of course, but also mm-hmm. doing it proactively instead of reactively. Yeah, right. I agree. The, yep. the, the, that, that's the notion where you're locking these times out weeks in advance. You're yes. setting the perception that you will be available between X and Y and you fulfill that. You're yeah, actually yeah. there. You know, rather than having a larger time and then getting burnt out and then having to take more time off just because yeah. it's harder to maintain that high level of expectation for so long. That is a great point of there's a big difference between someone asks you, hey, can you show up for this meeting? You say, no, I can't. I'm sorry. Versus, yeah, I think I can make that. And then you don't show up. Right. It, and yeah, yeah, there's there's a huge like again. I think that managing expectations idea and doing it in advance where they're because they don't like the managers are, your bosses are people too, and they want you to yeah. be happy. They want you to do well. They they want to support your life, and so yeah. when you, they want in general want to support your vacation time because yeah. most managers aren't jerks. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you, but yeah. It, it's that whole phrase of, uh, you know, under promising and over performing, right? The, the yep, notion yep. is don't commit to more than you can handle, but do yep. what you commit to and exactly, you arise. Yeah. yeah. It, it, people want um, assurance that when you say you'll do something, it gets done. That's what really matters, yeah. not the amount of things on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I need to, I need to work with that in terms of communication with clients of like, trying to figure out why this has worked out so well. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it is so hard for my clients to, they've told me that my wife has done the same thing to say, no, I'm not taking that meeting. They get calendar invite comes. They've been ingrained like, Oh, it's between nine and five. I'm always available between nine and five for <laughs> meetings. Yeah. And that, like these, they start to get like, that's why they have meetings back to back to back to back to back. And then by the end of the day, they're, exhausted yeah um yeah. i have seen uh one of my clients described a structure something like his meeting started at like 1004 and i was like 1004 that's actually such a weird time yeah. and like that's there's something like the standard meeting goes from the four to the 56 or something like that yeah um to to 
because uh, they're noticing when they're in the office, they actually needed time for one group to get out of the room and the other group to get into the room. And if some people were virtual, they were like there four minutes early just watching people shuffle in. There wasn't even like small talk. Yeah. And if the meeting before had gone long, so like, it, and it was, I've seen a few others play around with this idea, but like, um, starting to create those like travel gaps right. Right, where it's literally back to back. Because so many people have expressed when they do that via Zoom, it's just exhausting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the things I've tried to do is I don't book anything at least half an hour, if not an hour after a client meeting. So, one, mm -hmm. if they have extra questions, if they have the time, I have the time for them. Because sometimes, right. like, oh, I thought this would be 60 minutes. We're at 65. And then we still go another 15 minutes. Like, because it's, it's just such, such a valuable meeting for them. Yeah. Um, other times, like, make sure I can get notes and other work done after. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that, yeah. I, 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 go ahead. Well, so, you know, part of my long winded point is I, and I've said, part of this before I get the feeling after all is said and done, I feel like I'm just as productive today as I used to be in my full, you know, 50, 60 hour week career, because I've been able to trim the fat. I've been able yeah. to cut out all the things, the commutes, the unnecessary meetings, the projects that aren't necessarily at the top of my list and just focus on the core things. And when it's time to do the core things, I actually do them. And then yeah. I get to do what I want, you know, all the other times. So, you know, I think by having that discipline to reorganize my life, I don't think I've given much up, but it's provided a lot more freedom in, in the ability yeah. to make these choices. I agree with that. And and um, one point I do want to kind of like, as that entrepreneur idea, like when I go on vacation, I still check my email. If a client mm -hmm. calls or texts or emails, like I, I have taken 30 minute calls from Tahoe because they mm -hmm. had to make a work decision with the next day. And, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's like, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm actually genuinely happy to help them. Mm -hmm. And I have no problem doing it from Tahoe. I don't feel like I need to be completely cut off. Yeah. Because I'm not burnt out in the first place. That, that that's so right. Yeah. Like there's a difference between having to take a 30 minute call versus being called back to the office on a weekend to do a presentation yeah. for right, a, a, a pet project, you know, something like that. Yeah. It, it's night and day what, because you get to control your own destiny and you get to realize the importance of things and weight it based upon what's going on in your own life. Yeah. And you get to decide, yeah. Hey, okay, yeah, we need to chat now. It'll take 30 minutes. We'll get past this. And then we'll, we'll table all the other stuff for next week, right? It, it's all possible. I've, I've, I've had thoughts. And also, like, again, that establishing expectations idea. Like, uh, yes, I can talk to you on the phone. I have to pick up my son at 2.40, okay? Mm -hmm. It's going to take me about five minutes to get from the car to my son's classroom. So yeah. even though I have that blocked off my calendar, because I don't want to take meetings right before I'm going to pick up my son, I was told like, I can talk from about two o'clock to two thirty-five, and mm -hmm. and I have had conversations in the car. Like I'll be in the car, audio is not great, can't do a Zoom meeting, but I'll talk to you. We can figure this thing out, and I because again, some there's always some kind of stressor, mm -hmm. and we'll. I just want 
we're going to talk, figure something out. Okay, it's two thirty-five. I have to go. And mm-hmm. but the client knew in advance, like do it, like so. It, it the client did not see it as unprofessional for me to take this right. phone call in the car and then cut off at two thirty-five exactly because I had established yeah. expectations. I yeah. I have normally blocked off the starting calendar. After two o'clock on Tuesdays, I need to pick up my son for school. I might get a little extra work done with 10 minutes. Like I have a 10, 15 minute leeway there, but I'm definitely not taking a meeting at that time. But yeah. I was able to make an adjustment for the client, establish expectations, and the client was happy at that time. Yeah, so. it feels like a win, win, win. You know, what's going through my mind now is, again, a key distinction in all this is we're self-employed, right? Yes, we're, yes. And and it just makes me think, well, why can't that scale in the corporate world as well as it does for individuals? You know, being able to have this flexibility and still have it be better than the sum of the parts. So I, I believe I know the answer to that. And it's along the scale of management not being able to measure productivity very well, uh, especially across larger organizations. So yeah. so uh, is how, how are the contributions of this individual to the large organization? Because it's you, you really can't tell. There's no way to actually measure that. And so they default to things like hours working or like maybe like manager judgment, which is mm-hmm. tending to be more biased and, and um, very ripe for just discrepancies from one manager to the next. And so if they're trying to provide any kind of quantitative analysis of, of individual employee production, that's yeah. not like on a sales side um, that some managers say like, yeah, this, this person's a rock star, give them how, whatever time they want. And yeah. this other person, like, ah, they're doing okay. I'd like to see them work a little harder. But that that's, that again, it's, it's the expectations going the other way. It's the corporate management expectation for their employees of, yeah. we'd like you to be here and uh, for the time that we pay you for. And you and I've got like, if I'm not meeting with clients, th- it's hard to tell the difference between like work. Like I'll, I'm like, and this, this happens in the corporate world a lot. Like for all employees, like client email, fantasy sports, uh, ISO stock option analysis, <laughs> looking at fantasy, looking at uh, ESPN.com. Like, like it, it, yeah. it's that happens in the real world also, but yeah. there's no boss of like, Hmm. Are you spending your too much time on the fantasy sports side and not a side on that client email? Like, no, as long <laughs> right. as the client's happy, it doesn't yeah, matter which right. one I do. It's it's a tough one because I, I think the way the structure oh, we also way off base in terms of <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at the time and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh I'll say a sentence and then maybe we can table this for our <laughs> another conversation but um i i think it's just tricky because the way the corporate system has been designed as like a traditional w2 worker is it's a box and you have the time you get paid money comes in your account time goes out of your life right and that's just how it's supposed to work lockstep um and yeah 
it seems like there's a revisiting of that theme as as you know culture and uh, corporations are evolving and things are becoming more independent. Could probably say a lot more about all of this, but I don't know how far we want to deviate. So, so I do think there might be one thing. I, I, I feel like management might be able to tell when teams are getting like projects done, and like I, I, yeah. I, I want to try and keep that as vague as possible. But like, they can, they can kind of like, oh, this group has been doing better than we expected. They solved this problem well. And they have to kind of leave, leave it up to the manager of that team of like, okay, why is your team doing well? Is it your work? Is it all of the individuals working together? Do you have two people carrying the load? Like, like the team is doing well. Management can't see why the team is doing well. And yeah, I, I think there's enough to say here on this because I've been in that situation. Like in my last two positions, I reported directly to the CEO and I had teams under me, high performance teams. And in both cases, my team was the sole revenue driver of each of those respective firms. Mm -hmm. So that this is the business essentially. And I hope, you know, my, my employees had that flexibility because essentially when it came to deadlines and meeting things, it was always a conversation of, okay, how long do you think it'll take? And I take their word from it for it. You yeah. know, oh, it's going to yeah. take a week. Okay, great. I don't even push back. And okay. if they do it and they get it done a week, no issues at all. If it takes longer, then we say, okay, why did that happen? And we try to figure out what may we do better next time and stuff like that. So, you know, I was given actually yeah. over time a pretty good amount of flexibility to create the team, build a team, push into new products and, you know, build the business and all of that. Um, but I think there was still an expectation, even though I had all this freedom, you know, to craft a business to meet what I think were more superficial expectations. Okay. Um, so and despite your success and results and... Uh, uh, like obvious freedoms, there's still like an underlying expectation on just showing up in the office every day or something I think there's like a that. difference. Yeah. Because I, I've always been a top performer, you know, in all of these positions and always, you know, exceeded expectations from metrics and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's different being your own boss. It's different being able to so say. I, I wonder if it's the fact that you don't have one boss you have 20 to 30 and but and each of those individuals knows that they can't occupy all of all of your time and as long as you are it's almost like in a weird way like as long as you're making 95 percent of them happy like it's, like you could like even like drop the ball on one and the other 19 don't know and, and like i don't think I've done, I, I know I've made mistakes. I think that's, that's what I'm like. I know I've made mistakes and I've apologized to clients for my mistakes. I, I definitely yeah. not perfect. Um, and I think that intentions and expectations and I'm being like human is there, but I, I think it's that idea of, of like, 
I just need to make I, I my 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 bar per client is lower than a W two employee's like bar per boss, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, and as long as long as I clear all of these low bars, that might be easier than one person clearing one high bar. Yeah, well, I I think it's it's all some of, some of it is really just cultural. Meaning, if you see a, a team that's getting all their work done, but nobody's behind their desk, it's a concern, right? <laughs> for 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 I, the, I, the the man cutting the checks, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I think there's a different attitude in the corporate environment that I've seen play out with uh, top level executives and CEOs, which um, fits the role, but it, it leads to this suboptimality that I, I'm mentioning here, where l- like, for example, um, w- with e- Elon Musk, right? I, I heard this from like um, the individual who did his memoir, right? He had him follow right. him around for eight years and he has this great engineering mind great innovation but at the end of the day stuff gets done because he has this underlying sense of worry that can sometimes spike to a level of probably irrationality but when it does it leads to a mass motivation that gets stuff done right okay and it's that edge that paranoia that's a good part of his success okay and you want a multi-billion dollar company that can that can you know excel at that level then something like that may be necessary however it may not be ideal for every everybody else who's not fully on board with that and even if they are they may be massively successful and they get you know perfect enumeration but that feeling, I don't think, will be the same uh, as it is being your own boss. Uh, One will I increase had... GDP a lot more <laughs> than the other, but you know, we're talking more fuzzy numbers, you know, more fuzzy outcomes than that alone. I had, I have one client. She's a really high-performing employee, and one of the things that's come up is like, "Do you want the next promotion?" And she's like, "I don't want to have a." like bat phone or red phone to my boss to be like on call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. You nailed it right there. I think that was the, that's one of the things I I had to have that right in all those positions. And that's the difference. That phone comes to me now because it's my business, but I can manage it a lot better than it coming from the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to try and describe your ideal year? <laughs> Here we go. Well, we we have uh, forty five okay. seconds before the hour. So okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Eat lots of cake and uh, okay. So it, here's where I am on the ideal year, and um, I like the idea that my ideal day is a variation of a theme that I can perpetuate, 
meaning it transitions into my ideal week quite nicely. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I feel the same with my ideal year. I feel like it's just a continuation of that balance. And that, that's what it seems to be going down. There is one thing I, I want to address and I want to do from my perspective as well as yours, meaning you've described your ideal year as well. I'm wondering what changes would you make to make that ideal more ideal? Or mm. are you already fully there? Are you fully actualized? If you're not, you know, what would you change to, to get closer to that? to that ideal situation. Okay, so actually, I think I'm actually pretty close on my ideal year. I, I was gonna follow up like, do you have like a seasonality idea? Like, is there something you look forward to in the spring, summer, fall, winter? But um, I am close on the ideal year, but not quite as close on the ideal week or somewhere in the middle because I would like to try and be able to play golf with my friends more often, but because we our calendars are so hard, mostly related to kind of kids, kids schedules. We try and look like three, four months in advance just to find a random Saturday that we're all available or Sunday or like literally any day of the week that we're all four available at the same time. And we get something like, okay, we have this like, three-hour window between uh, noon and four and 3 p.m. on this one Saturday. Like, we can't play around a golf in a three-hour window. Golf's a tough good. one. <laughs> and it, but yeah, but it was like, that. that's the closest thing I can think of. It's like, I, I would like to be able to incorporate this more yeah. into my, my life. And ideally, I'd, like, I don't want to play more than once a month, but if I can get once every other month, like six to eight times a year would be nice and i'm probably at like three to four and so like i don't know if that's a week or month or a year. i think that's more probably more of an ideal year thing i guess um because again all the other things that i've described between kids sports and all our vacations like have just made it impossible um we, we have added a round of golf to our fantasy football draft weekend so like that's one. We, I never got at least one. Yeah. Uh, but again, we have to rem like remove all the other responsibilities to be able to fit it in. <laughs> um, but that, I do think about that. That I, I'd like to try and do that just a little bit more. I'd say I'm pretty good on kind of skiing, snowboarding. Uh, pretty good on travel. Um, uh, I, I, my wife and I have done pretty good job of like looking for opportunities to take long weekends by ourselves um but yeah that's the only thing i can think of to change it's, it's an ideal year ideal week um i'll let you answer what would you change while i think about if i have any other changes right okay sure yeah um what, what's also kind of caused me to shift into different sub careers every couple of years like when i first graduated i did more of like finance and banking and then i did in the middle phase of my career more like options and then the next phase of my career i did hedge funds and now i'm doing uh wealth management and financial planning right uh, i i feel like there's this sense of wanting to explore something new and different 
and mm. you know understand some new space you know not get too comfortable and um in the past my mind has kind of forced me in that because i got to a point where you know i just wanted that shift and yeah. I, i've done that and in the past i've also told myself maybe i'm just burnt out and i want something new mm. but I, I i think it's also a part of just kind of who I am, you know, wanting to engage with new ideas and new things and, and learn new concepts and put it to work. So I feel like some type of cadence like that may need to be part of, you know, my continuing evolution. I'm not sure what that next phase will be, but okay. what I started to transition more into over the past year or so is getting more into hobbies, something I've, I've left off. Um, of my checklist, you know, my, okay. in my life for the past decade or two. I used to do it a lot when I was a kid and now I'm picking it up. I'm doing, I mentioned this to you, Aaron. I don't know if it was in one of these conversations or offline. I'm doing carpentry now and I'm playing mm -hmm. around with sawing boards and hammering and, and things like that. So I, I think, yeah, the, those types of projects I want to add more focus to and, and see if I can grow in that area. That's part of my, uh, my shift to incorporate more of that into my ideal week and year. Okay. Are you going to build your own shed to now be your workshop? Right. I, I, I got to look into that. So um, I'm starting slow. The first thing I had okay. to build was the sawhorses so I can actually okay. do things. And then I built a bench and next is a picnic table I'm working on. And I'll get the oh. structures that I feel yeah comfortable be under rather than on top of. Okay, I, I'd say uh, I feel much more comfortable with structures with a roof than I do with weight-bearing structures. Like, <laughs> well, I, I figured your foot off the ground, worst case, <laughs> you drop a foot <laughs> rather than... <laughs> uh, for, me, for me, I think of it as my kids playing on it. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I, I they sit down and it looks like it holds my weight and they're like knocking it over. Like, is it... Is it weight bearing in all directions? They're definitely going to move it. They're going to climb on the table. Right. No, they, these are all fair points uh, and stuff that I, I need to consider for each project. You're going to knock sure. the table over. Can the legs stay on when the table's sideways? Or is it just like the leverage of the, of the leg going to break it? Yeah. I, I'm hoping the plans that I'm working off of have thought that through. <laughs> beyond, okay. Yeah. What might come up? Uh, I'm trying to think, like, because I remember, like, during COVID, I built a clubhouse in the backyard. I'm really yeah. proud of, yeah. but I haven't tried building anything in a while. I, I don't, I don't, but I also don't know that I miss it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll I've, been, I've been enjoying playing Zelda. I think that's like Zelda, fantasy football, kids coach. I, I've been doing a lot of coaching between between three kids and three different sports. Yeah. I, I've been doing enjoying that a lot but it's oh, zelda update i i all, i too have i i finally beat the first one breath of the wild okay <laughs> are you have you started on tears of the kingdom yet no i i want to take a break actually okay. so my wife was like do you want another game and i'm like nah you know i think i'm i'm gonna pause on that for a bit okay and yeah i'm gonna go back to something a little more simple uh, because my son is now because he played the first one, and he has a little more time usually on like weekend mornings to play. He is so farther ahead of me. My <laughs> seven year old, it, like, yeah, 
Yeah, I wow. for the first one, like I was always a little bit ahead of him so I could like help him out and like show him how to do something if I couldn't see him before if he needed some help. Yeah. Now he's just so far beyond me that wow, I, that's great. That's not yeah. an easy game, but if, if it's anything like the first one, there there's yeah, some trickiness to it. Yeah, he's picked it up pretty well. But wow, that's awesome. So uh, Okay, I, I think we, I think we, we should probably end right here because I, I think we get if we start something else, we'll be another twenty minutes. Um, but I, <laughs> right. I do want to get back to the idea of like W two versus entrepreneur, like like what? I, I I I think that's important for us to acknowledge of like what can we do because we designed our life that way that are doesn't always work for our clients because they're still W two employees. I, I think that's yeah. an important conversation. Yeah, I I don't want to say one good but the other evil or you know put a correct I, that type of spin on it. I I just think yeah it, I don't want to open it. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's try that next time. Yes, I, I, maybe that's a good segue. We're, TBD. It's a, a, te- a, a teaser for for next for next month. Right. Well, good stuff. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. I I always love these conversations with you, Trisha. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. I, I love this conversation as well. You know, I, I think it always comes down to it's not about coming up with the firm plan of ideal. This is my ideal day. I'm going to stick to it for the rest of my life. It's always yeah. about this is the process of planning, you know, about mm-hmm. talking about it and thinking it through and seeing how we feel about this and that. So I, I think it's always welcome to to continue these conversations and encourage them. So this was a good one for sure. Yeah. Uh, Yep. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're enjoying these conversations, do spread the word, like, share, and subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Bye. We appreciate you joining us today for this episode of the Mind Money Spectrum podcast. Be sure to visit mindmoneyspectrum.com to access the entire library of episodes. Remember, it's not black and white, but the wide spectrum of gray area where you get to pursue the freedoms you want in life. Opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and has no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested directly. Have a nice day.